Hey folks, good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes along with Doug McCary coming to you on this Monday afternoon, July 10th. If you want to call in this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928. As Doug and I get back into talking about this book we've been working through called The Discipleship Gospel by Bill Hull and Ben Sobel's excellent book highly recommend it i know doug you and i recommend a lot of books this may be one of the top ones i've read i mean it's it's an academic type book but it's so but it's practical also very 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 practical Huge. and uh, by the way uh good week <laughs> I, I guess uh, a little wet out there uh, uh we i was doing some training this morning of some uh, local law enforcement guys and uh we were out at the range and literally, I said, uh, I said we got we got a few more minutes, and the microburst just came. It was moving so fast. It's that time of year, so please be careful out there. I mean, lightning was striking. It was it was it was pretty bad. So keep your eyes out for weather, especially if you're going out to do activities at summertime with the kids and stuff, because uh, you know. It, it can it can get bad really quick. We had a couple of the pop up <clears throat> tents, and literally the wind just picked them up and oh, threw yeah, them yeah. that quick. So be careful out there uh, and watch the weather if you're driving. I don't know what it is when rain comes; people <laughs> drive crazy. But I survived poppy camp. I got the t-shirt <laughs> to prove it. Uh, <clears throat> I called in on Friday. Yeah, I was glad you called in. That that was that was great. Well, I, I want to tell you, you know, the, the memory verse for my grandkids, I had my five grandkids, so I had, um, they ranged in age from four to nine, Luke being the oldest at nine, uh, Ezra and um, Noah were four, and then um, Kieran was six, and uh, Elliot was seven, and, you know, every day, probably 15, 20 times throughout the day, we said our memory verse, Matthew 6, 33, seek mm-hmm. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things he will give to you. And, you know, every one of those grandkids after two and a half days, including the two four-year-olds, could say it unassisted. They, they <clears> said <throat> it. Yeah. And that just goes to show you, you know, you and I encounter a lot of people that say, oh, I just can't memorize or I can't do it. You can. You yes. really can. Yes. It, it's called two things are required. One, repetition. Two, accountability. If, totally. If, if you have repetition <clears throat> and accountability, yep. you can memorize. Uh, your brain will. We memorize numbers every oh. day. We memorize things <clears throat> every day we have to do. And so uh, adding those things and to get the Bible into you, those children <clears throat> They were excited to say it. Yeah, they they wanted to say it, and and you know it wasn't just the we did some physical things too, and I it was it was really a joy to watch them want to learn a physical uh, or, or complete a physical challenge. I think our young people want to be challenged, and they want to be encouraged, and to do that, and to see that 
hey, I can do that. I can push mm-hmm. myself. And, you know, when we do our agility drills, the way I, I do them, we had the rope ladder, you know, have oh, you ever yeah. seen that? <clears throat> uh, and so we did the ladder and we did the the little um, mini hurdles. If they if they messed up, they went back and did it again. And and I, I wanted them to understand you have to do it all. You get through it. And if you if you fail, you come back and you start again till you get it. And they they just kept doing it. And even the four year olds were getting it and they were encouraging each other. So it was it was really great experience. This is the first time I've done anything like that with my grands, you know, to be able to to build into them. But then to bring the spiritual component, I did puppet shows for them <clears throat> where I would give a, 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 you know, kind of a biblical lesson or something right. like that to them. And where are the girls? Is Lori out of town? Or well, Lori, well, Lori was a vital part of helping <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's funny. When, when we first were going to do it, I said, I'll do it. I'm going to take them for a week. She goes, Doug, you won't last a week. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is on you, but I'm going to tell you, we, she helped, she got them bags and towels and got goodies for them. And, you know, I took them out to the Caddyshack Ranch. Have oh, you yeah. Ever, <clears throat> that was well, wait a, a blast. It, the Caddyshack Ranch is just north of Jacksonville. Okay. No, I have, I have and, not and, been out there. And it is a, um, it's a preserve for, uh, cats. They rescue big cats. They had like 30 tigers out there. And I'll tell you, Brad, uh, one of them named Spider-Man was very protective of his food. And we were there at the feeding. And to hear him roar, in fact, it was so cool to see him roar. Um, You know, when he would roar, it was it was really cool for the kids. They were like, you know, at first they're seeing these big cats and they were like, Oh, this is okay. But when that lion or that tiger roared, got their attention, yeah, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you hear him. So <laughs> you can listen. You hear that? Oh yeah. I mean, he that thing that thing growled, and I mean, those boys' eyes got so big, and and we were all just sitting there, and it was really cool to see him. You get to see them feed these big cats up close, and you don't ever get to see that at the zoo right. when they do it. And so there were about 30 big cats. They had a bear. They had a lion, both a female lion and a male lion. Uh, they had foxes out there. And and they do all this, I think, with donations. It's a, it was a real, It's called Caddy Shack Ranch, okay. C-A-T-T-Y gotcha. Shack Ranch, just north. You can go on, I think, Google and look it up or it's really, really good. But go to the night feeding from six to seven thirty. That's that when you want to cool. go see. Yeah, take your grandson. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, uh, well, you're talking about getting them outside. I mean, uh, yeah. How important is it to no get... devices? Exactly. The whole I, weekend. I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today. We were uh, old, he, older guy than me, and we were talking about his generation when he grew up, and the generation you and I have grown up in, mm-hmm. and then you look at, you know, 30 years later, mm-hmm. what kids are exposed to today. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of the things that kids are exposed to today. You and I were not exposed to some of those things till we were well into adulthood. We didn't have computers in our no, hands. No. <laughs> Even I mean, two-year-olds. You see two-year-olds at restaurants with iPads. Yeah. And yeah. they're sitting there 
scrolling. They have control. Man, we were outside. <laughs> we were crashing bikes and all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, probably wasn't the safest thing to do. But I think that the the part you're talking about, though, Doug, is the the aspect of physical challenges. You know, how important is it to put kids through a physical challenge of some kind? Uh, and and to <clears throat> encourage him, you can do it. Exactly. To say, hey, yeah. keep working yeah. at it. Yeah. Don't give up. Well, um, b- back to your point even about scripture memory. You know, I, I, I have the worst memory of anybody I know. And, uh, you know, you, you're right. Two things you talked about. Number one is repetition. The second part is accountability. If you're not in the discipline of memorizing scripture, do it with somebody. Do it with your spouse. Do it with one of your kids. I've done it with both, my wife and my kids, where we just memorize. And it was fun. Every day, we hey, you got it? You got it? Oh, you know, man, you're close. And we just keep doing it until you, you got it. And just, the other thing is, I think I told you I've been memorizing uh, Colossians chapter 3. I'm about done with it. But, you know, when you first start looking at it, you go, wow, whole chapter. That's that's a lot. And it is a lot. But just do it one verse at a time. I don't care if it takes you two years to figure it out. And so every morning I get up, before I even get out of bed, Doug, I recite that that chapter yes. of Colossians 3. Isn't it, isn't it you know, I, tr- I tried to do Psalm 119. I made yeah. it to verse I- 72. <laughs> I mean, 72 verses. Hey. Is, I mean, I, I got there. And I hit the wall, and I, I and I want to go back and do it again. I just mm. have not mustered the courage to well, do you it. And I, you and I did Psalm 19. Yeah, together. I love Psalm. Y- you 19. probably still have it. Yeah. I, you probably still do it. Yeah, the and heavens the, declare the glory of God. God. The sky I mean, above I, proclaims the handiwork. It it, it, yeah. it stays there. It does. It's so, but good. you do have to keep doing it. And and I think I wonder how much uh, we had. Uh, you we had hb charles uh pastor hb charles here from jacksonville at our northeast florida christian chamber of commerce luncheon last month i did was actually in new york but uh so many of the the people that were there said it was amazing to hear him talk without a bible in his hand Mm -hmm. but the bible was all over what he was speaking of and you've heard you you had him come speak at a swat men's uh training day uh two or three summers ago uh i've heard him preach mm-hmm. and just the important how much of memorizing scripture doug does it help you when you're teaching oh my gosh well it your always, recall it, it comes back i yeah. mean like you can be teaching and sitting there going through something and all of a sudden it just it brings it uh, the holy spirit or he brings it right to your mind to be able to apply it right there yeah. you know yeah. and so it, it, it it's it's really helpful to do that and the other thing i'd say is very helpful is daily personal devotion yeah. daily personal devotion brad probably yeah. impacts my teaching more than anything because that getting that you know fed that daily uh self-reflection of the word being a mirror about something and you know because I read two Old Testament passages every day and two New Testament passages. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll read five, but most of the time I read four passages. And as I'm reading and just working through systematically through the Bible, that every day <clears throat> I'm impacted by that. And when I'm teaching, those things come to mind yeah. right away. Yeah. Because it's personal application, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's like uh, <clears throat> I'm 
I think I'm, I'm in the last chapter of the book, but I've highlighted the heck out of this book because I want to go back and look at it. I think the Word of God is the same thing. Psalm 119.11, I've hidden thy word in my heart so but that I man, might not sin, sin against thee. Yeah. You know, the importance, it's not just a, a way you, we memorize Scripture so you're impressed. No, quite the opposite. I think that the Word of God, as you just said, is a mirror. James talks about that. Mm-hmm. I've heard somebody say, it's not just a mirror, it's a map. Mm-hmm. It, it, when you look into the Word of God, or the Word of God looks into you, you don't. You, you you're not going to walk away the same person. You, no, you can't. Well, uh, I, before we get a break, I wanted to bring up that came out in the news. I don't know if you saw Bill De Blasio, that famous uh, theologian oh, yeah. guy from New York. Is he getting a divorce or well, something? No, 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 no. That's the thing. He and his wife aren't divorcing. They're just opening up their marriage to other people. <clears throat> Uh, what is now known as consensual non-monogamy. Mm. And, you know, um, Supreme Court Justice John Roberts, when Obergefell was made legalizing same-sex marriage, he said, "You, this is going to open the door to polygamy. And now a lot of therapists around the country are saying that, uh, that polyamory, uh, which is uh, an advocate, you know, to to polygamy, thruples, and other forms of non-monogamous relationships are starting to pop up. And it's just the further degradation of our culture mm-hmm. because when the family starts to be torn apart, yeah, you're going to see the culture be torn apart, yeah. and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, no question about it. Listen, we're going to take a quick break. I hope you'll stay tuned. If you want to call this afternoon, the number is 844-777-7928. If you have questions or comments, email us at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. 
or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, the Jacksonville Beaches Listen at 91.7. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. For the good hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Glad we are tuned in today. If you want to call, as Doug and I discuss the discipleship gospel which we're going to be really kind of drilling into over the next two or three weeks call us at 844-777-7928 uh, love to hear from you uh, we've been encouraging you to get this book if you've gotten it and you're reading it call us let us know what you think uh, it is majorly impactful and uh, anyway hey Doug I'm curious uh, I think you may have mentioned you're going to go see Sound of Freedom tomorrow tomorrow yeah to Lori okay. and i are gonna go did you like it we really really did it, it's a long movie uh yeah but it's it like is, two hours right? yeah it's very very well done uh jim caviezel of course he's got a quite the resume in the faith-based uh movie world he played jesus in the passion of the Christ. Uh, hard to believe when was that, that i was thinking about when was that, that had to be almost like 15 16 years I was gonna ago say, 2004 yeah. 5 maybe i don't even know i'll look yeah. it up it was but, a long uh, time ago yeah i tell you if you haven't seen that movie the sound of freedom it is uh <laughs> you know I, I it's it's interesting i've heard a lot of people say yeah it's just too dark for me i well, get it i, I wonder I, I get it well you know and i told Lori. i said Lori. It's going to be hard. And she goes, I know, but I want to go see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I believe they tried to do everything tastefully, right? I oh, mean, like, there's nothing uh, there. There's nothing gruesome at all. Uh, there's nothing sexual in it. Um, you know, I don't know that I would take a, a young child to it. Uh, I definitely would take a teenager mm-hmm. um, because I think our... Our, a lot of our kids today are so exposed uh, through social media, mm-hmm. and I think that's where a lot of this stuff is happening. Mm. Well, did uh, was Tim Ballard in the movie, or what? Did- yeah, so the, uh, the movie is about Tim Ballard. It's Tim's not in the movie. I mean, okay. it is. So uh, there's a guy Ka- playing. Caviezel him? plays Tim Ballard, okay. Okay. and. Uh, it's it's just a, it's an amazing story. It's really about these these this brother and sister who are uh, basically uh, taken, and uh, just about how they uh, get them back. It's a very redemptive story. So, you know, as a believer, in fact, Jim Caviezel, I think, even says, you know, when he's uh, that that's one of the key things he's looking for when he looks at a script is is there a redemptive element to it mm-hmm. and there definitely is you know i think there there was so much in this uh that I, honestly i was not aware of i mean i don't know if it's estimated that two million children go missing worldwide per year mm. per year two million mm-hmm. and uh I, there's i don't know what I, I won't quote this exactly but in the movie he makes the statement um 
to the Homeland Security people that you can sell a bag of cocaine once, mm-hmm. but you can sell a child 10 times a day. Wow. That's terrible. In fact, Ballard detailed an account of an 11-year-old girl from South America who was groomed for two years and then was raped for money 30 to 40 times a day. Well, You need to see the movie. Well, we're going to see it. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was interesting to me, not to get too far off before we get into repentance today, but is how the liberal progressive media wants to even demonize something like this. Mm. They've been very critical, called it QAnon. It's got it, no it, it, it's it, got no press from any of the mainstream media. Not well, not anything. And well, yet it it was the top rating is a top movie over last weekend and this weekend. It's already brought in 40 million dollars beating um, out Indiana Jones. Could I just say the words Jeffrey Epstein maybe? Yes. The name Jeffrey Epstein might have something to do with that and all the people that are out there. There's no conspiracy theory when you talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Everybody knows what he did. They know the all the people he was involved with and we it, 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 there's nothing QAnon about that. That's mm-hmm. fact. It's already been established that they traffic children. Yeah. And In so, fact, I don't know if you, uh, I was reading this this weekend that this movie, that I guess when um, this movie was done, they pitched it to a lot of different uh, studios. And uh, you know who had it first was Fox. Mm-hmm. Fox Studio. I, I think it's Fox Studios. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fox didn't want it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it ended up being Angel Studios is the one who got it. Of course, we're familiar with Angel Studio through the Chosen. Yes, and um, the movie that uh, you had the producer on, um, his only son. Yes, yeah, uh, David, David Helling. David Helling. Yeah. Well, um, you know what Jesus said that you cause one of these little ones to stumble. It's better yeah. for a millstone to be hanged around your neck and thrown in the sea matthew 18 6 i think that that Mm. that right there makes you know i don't know how anybody could uh be upset about showing a film that is helping rescue children in the name of god i'm not saying that these people are all believers. I'm not saying that they're all doing it for even the right reasons, but they're rescuing the vulnerable, which I think yeah. Jesus would have done. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, Go check it out. It's a great movie. Yeah, You'll we're going to see it. Well, Brad, uh, we're get, I want to get back to this kingdom gospel. And over the summer, this is what we're, we're looking at. You, you know, you and Dave talked about the false gospels. Last week, we talked about the kingdom gospel, what it really mm-hmm. was. And this week, we're going to be focusing on repentance. There's a lot of different definitions of repentance. There's a lot of ideas about repentance. So we're going to kind of work through some of those, look at some Bible verses, and talk about some that, that what the at least the Greek definition is according to the words and what it appears to be meant by the scriptures. And, of course, you and I are flawed. We, we just trying to learn this stuff like everyone else. But the, the, the writers, Bill Hull... Um, and his co-writer make some good points about what 
is and isn't the gospel. And you and David, what are those five false gospels again? Yeah, so you, you've got a forgiveness only, um, which is, I think, a lot of what we, there's two or three that you see a lot in the West, uh, but the first one is really a forgiveness only gospel. It's, uh, in other words, following Jesus is just optional. Um, you walk an aisle, pray a prayer, you're in. Mm hmm. And uh, what's interesting is how how much that is pushed. Hey, pray a prayer. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And uh, anyway, that's kind of a, what they call a forgiveness only gospel. The other one is the just the left gospel, uh, helping the needy, uh, it, and it's really it's de detached from social action. Mm -hmm. It's um, you know I, I think when I initially saw left, I thought, well, what, is that a political? position no it's just it's just the fact that um it's a gospel that's void of repentance which we're going to get into this week the other one is the other two really the next two uh, one is prosperity gospel which a lot of us are familiar with that the other one is the consumer gospel i think they're both very me-centered uh prosperity is you know this idea of entitlement I, i'm I kind of claim my rights to these things. Um, the consumer gospel is kind of meet my needs. It's very self-indulgent uh, driven. And then the fifth one that they really highlight in this book is the right gospel. Be right. Mm. And of course, you know, I probably tend to lean this direction here. You know, mm. it's a right theology. It's and it, it has an arrogance to it. Yes. Well, this whole idea of repentance is something that you see throughout Scripture. John the Baptist preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. He started his ministry preaching repentance. The apostles preached repentance. Paul preached repentance. And yet, there are people today who say repentance isn't necessary. Hmm. They, they, they actually are teaching that. And we've kind of evolved to a point now where what you hear a lot in our culture is, well, you have to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, right? Yep. That's one way. You need to give your heart to Jesus. You need to ask Jesus into your heart, which none of these phrases are anywhere in the Bible. Yep. None of them are there. They're all man-made phrases that have evolved out of this idea of either um, decisional regeneration, mm -hmm. which emotionalism, really, yeah, I think, yeah, emotionalism, and all this is foreign to the Bible. Yeah, this is not. Yeah. There's there's no foundation in Scripture for it. Now, you may be out there going, "Well, wait a minute. I I know I did that. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was eight years old or when I was twelve years old." Listen, you may have told Jesus what somebody told you to say. It's never about the words. It's always about the heart. And God knows those who are his. And, you know, but we need to be responsible people of mm -hmm. how we share. And to know something is not biblical and to continue to foster it is wrong. Yeah. We can't keep doing that. We need to use biblical language as best we know. Right, Brad? Yeah. You and I grew up. And we may not have known different, but now we do. So we can't go back <laughs> yeah. and do that. Yeah. So 
This whole idea of repentance is important too, because repentance, it was preached by all those I said. And when we come back, I want to start with giving you the definition of what the word means and some Bible verses where we talk about it, or Jesus talks about it actually. And let's let's start having a conversation about how we teach repentance to people mm. instead of maybe what we've been teaching yeah. repentance to yeah. people. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Glad you joined us. Call us at 844-777-7928. Uh, you can also email us at ask at swatradio.com. Love to have a little discussion about this idea of repentance. Join us after the break. We'll be right back. Locato. Sound burdensome? Are you wondering, my business needs attention, my children need dinner, my bills need paying. How can I stay in a place of prayer? Well, do this. Change your definition of prayer. Think of prayer less as an activity for God and more as an awareness of God. Seek to live in uninterrupted awareness. Acknowledge his presence everywhere you go. In the grocery as you shop, your presence, my king, I welcome. As you wash the dishes, worship your maker. God loves the sound of your voice, always. He doesn't hide when you call. He hears your prayers. For that reason, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There's major delays because of a crash on the West Beltway, 295 southbound at the ramp from Pritchard Road. That's closed down the off-ramp on the west side. Also, there's delays because of an accident on I-95 northbound at the Trout River Bridge, blocking two left lanes. Cloudy tonight, low 75. Tuesday, partly sunny with some afternoon showers, high 90. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here this afternoon. Glad you tuned in. Call us at 844-777-7928. It's raining outside, at least in northeast Florida, so you're probably inside. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Call us. By the way, uh, we are working through a book called The Discipleship Gospel, What Jesus Preached, We Must Follow by Bill Hull and Ben Sobels. And uh, if you haven't gotten this book, I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, I think it's discipleship. It, it's not just about discipleship, but the gospel is incomplete if we don't talk about discipleship. Well, you know, to to exhort sinners to be saved by accepting Jesus as their Savior, which a lot of people do, without pressing on them the imperative of repentance is almost dishonest yes. to a point. And, and, it, and basically, you, 
you get into that forgiveness only gospel aspect and you know jesus said in luke 17 unless you repent you're gonna likewise perish you know he was talking to them uh that that's what jesus said so the sinner which is everybody right has to either repent or perish there's no other alternative you you if you there is no repentance there is no new life and the repentance can only come from God. I mean, and we know that because remember in Acts 11 when Peter's reporting to the church of what happened and he talks about God granted them repentance unto life. It's not a work of man. It's a gracious work of the Spirit of God. It, he begins the work in the heart. And you and I have talked about this before. We're dead on the ocean floor yep. as people. We're dead, yeah. Paul says. You don't have the flu. In other words, yeah, mm-hmm. you're dead in your trespasses and sin. And he brings us mm. to life, opens our eyes to see. We do respond. We have a responsibility to respond. But accepting Jesus as your Savior is a far, far cry from the repentance that God demands and you know that for somebody to be saved um repentance really demonstrates the fact that you don't have the the you don't have within you what you need to please god yeah well not and it's a recognition by the spirit revealing it to you the sinfulness of your own sin And that's why, Brad, we were talking in the break, and I told you one of the greatest tragedies to me is watching these mass crusades. It doesn't matter whether it's local or wherever, and you watch people walking down who were kind of casually walking down laughing or not even really engaged. They're they're not going down with the recognition of, boy, I deserve death. My sin put Jesus on the cross. You know, I was sharing one time with a guy who told me, you know, well, people don't have to feel anything. They can just, you know, they can just pray. Like you said, they can just pray the prayer. You know, they sometimes you don't feel anything. Well, think about that. And I, I, I shared this example with him. I said, if you were backing out of your driveway and accidentally ran over your neighbor's grandchild, and killed that grandchild. Would you feel something? Well, of course, they said. Well, why? Because you killed an innocent child. You acted you you backed over unintentionally and you would feel something. But we willfully rebelled against the most high God, caused his innocent son to have to die on a cross, and when we realize that he died for us in spite of that, we feel nothing. I'm sorry. That, that that reveals a lack of the Holy Spirit doing a work in us. And that's a human work saying, hey, I need to get my fire insurance paid for, yeah. so I'm going to check that box. And, you know, one, one writer says that repentance is a holy horror and a hatred of sin, a deep sorrow, a contrite heart that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know the 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 verbal form of repentance biblically 
comes at 1,050 times in the Bible. 1,050 times in the Bible. That's a lot. A verbal form of repentance. So if you don't think repentance is a biblical construct, uh, it is. And it is repentance. You know, you've heard it said it's turning from, you know, your evil desires to better desires, good desires. Uh, It's really turning from you being on the throne to Jesus being on the throne. Mm. Well, you know, when uh, when in Acts 2, when Peter had been preaching after Pentecost and the leaders, the Jewish people there were so moved and cut, it says, to the heart, they go, what do we need to do? Peter get in and go, listen, you just need to accept Jesus as your Savior, as your Messiah. No, he said, repent and be baptized every one of you repent the the baptism was an outward manifestation of an inward reality the the repentance was acknowledging i know i deserve death i have been rebellious against the most high god i have a heart you know in the old testament brad when somebody was repentant, they would change clothes. They would put on sackcloth and ashes on their head mm-hmm. and and lament, sing a song of lament, like a sad song to say, man, I realize I have done terrible things against God and I don't want to be like that again. And really, if you go back to the Greek meaning of the word repentance, it and literally in the simplest um terms it just means that a significant change of one's mind and and so it's not changing your mind about believing in jesus only that's a part of it yeah it's it's both really a heart and mind yes it, it literally means to change one's mind about my rebellion against the most high god against the leadership of Jesus in my life and to entrust my eternal soul to him uh, the way he wants me to be in relationship with him, dependent and living and walking with him daily as my king, the kingdom of God. That's what it means. But if you look out today, you can get a variety of, of tracks and everything People say, well, it just means to change your mind about mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, if you simply leave it at that, people go, oh, I believe, like the demons believe, it says in mm-hmm. James. But they're not accepting what the Bible says about themselves as a sinner in need of a life change, of a complete rebuild in their life. Not a just. It's not a self-help. It's like you and I were talking about it in a break. It's not you're not like you're out in the Atlantic treading water trying to swim. It's you're on the floor of the ocean dead. He breathes yeah. life into you <clears throat> and brings you up and then you grab Jesus right. in response to what God is doing mm. and you're saying from this day forward I want to be a new person, Lord. Yeah. Bill Holt says this. He said the word repent involves the idea of radical change of mind to your point and heart so he says a fog of gray has descended upon the church today 
with respect to whether or not repentance mm. is critical to obey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, even when Jesus said, you know, go therefore and make disciples, teaching them to obey. <laughs> yeah. There it is right there. And what does he call us to do? Repent. Mm. Mm-hmm. repent and I, I like what you said there doug about it's an awareness a it's your mind realizing your own depravity mm-hmm. you're you and really to to being on the bottom of the floor bottom of the the ocean dead that's where you have to get to is to realize no matter how much church attendance you've had no matter how good good a thing good, that's good grammar right there. No matter no matter the good you think you've done, none of it is good enough. No. In fact, it's it's filthy rags as the gospel tells us. Yeah, it, it is everything we do is nothing but filthy rags. No one is going to come to him on on your own. That's why this whole idea and, and this is something we can we're not going to get into but this whole idea of repentance it, it's clear from the Bible that just a mental assent to the facts that Jesus is Messiah, hmm. he died on a cross is not going to save anybody. The demons believe that. They know that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But a lot of people today say they're born again uh, because they've been baptized they've joined a church they've walked an aisle uh, they've even received the lord's supper they've been com- you know com- mm-hmm. uh, what's the word uh, confirmed confirmed or, yeah. yeah professing to be a believer with a vain confession because there's yeah. been no repentance yeah. and so yeah well We'll get more into this when we come back from the break. Join us, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Email us at ask at swatradio.com. We'll be right back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Jacksonville at 91.7. Like a bull 
Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call during this last segment, we'll take your calls at 844-777-7928. And um, again, we are working through uh, a book called The Discipleship Gospel by Bill Hull and Ben Sobels. And I'm curious, Doug, I kind of know the story, but you might want to share with our listeners kind of how you came about this book. Um, oh, actually, you know, I was up, I was teaching up in um, Pittsburgh. Actually, I was at a men's retreat up there speaking, and one of the guys who's a primary trainer for Bill Hall and Ben Sobel, or at least as part uh, of the Bonhoeffer project, yeah, uh, he came up to me after my second session, and he goes, "Have you ever gone through the Bonhoeffer training?" I said, "No." He goes, how did, how did you know to teach like this? And I said, well, I had the benefit of some godly men who trained me in biblical exposition, and and I mentioned who they were, and he said, well, this is exactly, let me give you this book because this is what we have been doing. And as I, I, I read through the book, I just said, wow, this is really good because one of the things I like that they do in the book is they bring out the different false gospels that have penetrated America specifically and uh, and the churches here. And you see it all over, Brad, all over our country. And it, it's, it's sad to me because there's a lot of Christians or people who profess to be Christians out there hmm. who've, who've n- never been repentant. They, they've been led to believe that uh, a mental ascent, walking an aisle, praying a prayer, being involved, going to church on Sunday, is making them right with God. But yeah. they don't have a desire for the Word of God. Mm-hmm. They don't have a desire to follow Jesus and, and allow Him to change their life. They've not shared the gospel with anybody. Um, and not that those things then of themselves make them God's people, but those things are evidence of people who are God's people. That the desire to read his word, to live a life of, of, of you know, allowing the spirit to sanctify you, to grow you. And I, I can honestly say when you go back, I, I, and this was a question I thought of for our listeners, I, I want you to think of one of the most crucial turning points in your life spiritually. What, what was that moment? What was the decision? You and I were talking about yours, you know, yeah. I mean, a while ago. Um, what were the things that turned you to God? Hmm. Was it just because your friends did it? Yeah. Was it, was it something that, um, I mean, are you even converted in the sense, has your life really changed? Like if somebody put you on trial for being a follower of Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I think of 2 Corinthians 13, 5, where Paul says, examine yourself. Hmm. Listen to this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Hmm. He goes on, test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Hmm. Jesus Christ Hmm. is in you? Hmm. 
unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Mm-hmm. Now, you might say, well, that sounds like a works salvation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, works are just simply the evidence of a changed life. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to your point, I mean, I think the, the, the testing or the examining yourself that Paul is talking about is not me examining your life. You know what I mean? Because uh, we know from Second Timothy three five that uh, the, the, there's an image of godliness, but it lacks power. Yes. You, you look at the things in your life, Doug. Whether it was thirty years ago or, or five years ago, that apart from the power of the gospel, you would have no victory in those areas. Well, you know, in our culture, oh, a lot of people equate uh, remorsefulness with repentance. Hmm. The remorsefulness is a part of true repentance, yeah. but it's not all-encompassing in just the remorsefulness, mm-hmm. right? A, a good example of that is Psalm 51. When you look at David, when David was confronted by Nathan, of course there was remorsefulness. What did he say? Have mercy on me, O God. He knew mm. he had sinned against God, right? And he said, have mercy according to your love, according to to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions and you know the mercy of god is not something you can demand you can simply request you can cry out and ask him is god obligated to give you mercy brad no he's because then if he's obligated there it's not mercy right 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 and so uh Usually when somebody becomes aware of their sinfulness, their rebellious heart, uh, and they they want to turn from it, then they throw themselves down. God, I'm so sorry. I, I Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. I, I, it was wrong. That's the first fruit of authentic repentance is that understanding right. That your sin is against God. Yeah. It's not just against Brad. If I do something against you, I have offended God. Well, they mentioned this in the book, and it's interesting. It says Christians today think they can believe in Jesus without acting on it. Mm-hmm. Well, the first act upon the gospel is repent and believe. Yeah, the, the repentance is the recognition that we need his mercy. Yeah. I mean, really, that's it. It's the first part of it is recognizing, listen, do you want justice from God? (laughs) I don't. No, we want mercy. We know that if God deals with you and me, Brad, on a justice level, he'll eviscerate us, right? He'll wipe us off the face of the earth. But David starts with that. And, you know, and he pleads with God to wipe away the stain. Now, when you think about that, if I, if let's say I offend you, and I ask you for mercy, I'm, I, it was wrong of me to do that, Brad. Was, I'm so sorry, it was wrong. And then, the next day, I do the same thing again. Uh, it was wrong of me, Brad. I'm sorry, <laughs> I do that. And I keep coming back day after day, mm-hmm. and nothing changes am i really sorry over what i've done to you no 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 all i'm doing is trying to soothe my soul 
by telling you I'm sorry. And to make me feel better. Yes. And, you know, even though forgiveness and cleansing are a part um, of repentance, they're not all that it is. That part of the repentance is saying, I want to I want to have a different perspective in the way I deal with you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm no longer the leader of my life as it relates to God when we repent. I want you to lead my life, take your proper role as the king of my life since it's your kingdom and I do what you want me to do. Do you remember when we talked about you going to India the very first time? You remember our conversation about Who's running your schedule? Yeah, do. You remember that? I do. You might share that a little with the listeners because that's a good example of a recognition because you talked about how you were convicted of that. Share that a little bit. We only got a few minutes. Well, and I don't even know. I'm, I'm, it, it was in the old studio, but uh, literally Doug and I are wrapping up our the program. Uh, we, we take our headsets off. I'm packing my bag. I grab the door right behind me very similar to this right here in this studio and you said hey hang on a second hey i want you to go to india with me now initially you know a lot of people ask you to do stuff but you don't really press okay i want more details but hey full transparency i responded with well when is it yes you know and and full transparency why did i do that to make you happy seriously i mean i'm not kidding you doug and you said you gave me the dates or something. You you gave me the dates or something, and I my initial response, which is the the response of most of us, is, you know what? Let me check my calendar. Uh, I didn't even. I don't even think I said let me check uh, to see. Let me check my pocketbook. I, <laughs> I, I didn't do any of that. Just I just check, immediately let me check my schedule. And uh, with full with full um, awareness that probably later that night I would text you and go I'm busy that week, or maybe the next day when I came into the studio to say because I knew you would ask me again. And before I even left that, I looked at you and said, "I'm in." Yep, I'm in. And it, I don't know what came over me. I think just I think it was the spirit of God. Well, he he it, wanted it, you it, to go on that trip. It, it was, and I realized right there, and it may have been something we were even teaching through, where I realized that he is my priority. Yeah. I can't just say he's my priority. It has to be my priority. And, and repentance is a daily thing. That's why he says Absolutely. in First John one nine, <laughs> if we confess, he'll forgive. Hey, we got a caller real quick. You got about one minute, Herman. Go ahead with your question. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Hey, you guys are nailing this topic on repentance. And the only thing uh, I'd like to add is I use this one in Second Corinthians uh, two um, seven ten. Yes. Second Corinthians seven chapter eleven verse ten verse for godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world work its death and I constantly I constantly beat on this uh, whenever I'm in my street ministry or preaching or whatever is that people have a false conscience that their self righteousness can fix the wrath of sin the wrath of God against sin. So there's nothing we can do. There's nothing you can say. There's no amount of money you can give. If you don't see yourself in trouble and in the path 
of God's judgment. That is what the Holy Spirit draws us to repent because you are in the wrath of God, of, a, of a loving and a holy God. So you got to get off that path. And when you see yourself in trouble, that's when you'll be saved. But if you come and you don't ever see yourself in trouble, I tell people all the time, there's no way it can be godly sorrow unless you see yourself in trouble and the wrath of God is, is headed your way. You got to get off that path. And it's just like that 10th plague. When, when the death angel came, when it saw the blood of Jesus, it passed over and their lives were spared because